Hello and welcome to the Mix Air Rap Podcast. I'm your host, DJ B. Wise. This is a podcast where we talk about hip hop from boom bap to trap. We're a group of hip hop enthusiasts from multiple eras trying to bridge the gap in hip hop. My co-hosts are Kev and DJ Reaper. So for tonight's episode, we're going to talk about stream or no stream from Corday for our boy Corday from his project from a bird's eye view. We got a new music uh, review we're going to do of Nicki Minaj and Lil Baby's new projects, which are bussing. And do we have a problem? Then we're going to jump into our favorite segment, The Flavor. So uh, you can check us out on social media at, on Twitter, you can check us out at Mix Era Rap. And on Instagram, you can check us out at Mix Era Rap Pod. Again, that's Mix Era Rap P-O-D. Reaper, tell them where they can follow you on social media. All social media at the three one three kid T H E three one three K I D. That's Twitter, Instagram, Mixcloud. If you're in the DJ mixes or WeChat, if you're on that Asia thing. All right, that's what's up. So let's jump right into it with our boy Corday, and here's one of the songs that we thought was notable from the project. Last year I made seven million, then had to do a single fucking show. Shout out to my niggas up at Coca Cola for the check that cut me at the Super Bowl. On my life moments is a Super Bowl. My nigga Dr. Dre he got a Super Bowl. Last night I was texting Jack Dorsey, that's the perks you get from being super dope. This is real life, ain't no act in it. All these rap niggas they be Brad Pitt. Every little thing I do is mad different. Got my little cousin playing badminton. Gave my little bro a quick fifty piece. He got the whole motherfucking trap hit. I've been stacking up all these assets. Keep me conducting any bad business. Like whoa, hey, I keep that drip on me, my nigga. All right. And that was Corday's track from his project from a bird's eye view. And the song was super. So let's jump into it with the fellas. Question one from the project. Do we think that it was solid in the production value? Kev. I think so. I was, I'm not going to lie. I was like totally surprised. I didn't think that uh, he had an ear for beats like this, but I didn't really dig into, you know, the line of notes to really see um, who produced these songs. But um, I think they did a good job with with production and just the whole album, putting putting everything together for the whole album. <laughs> That's a feeling, man. I'm 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 feeling the same way. To me, I thought the production value was at a level where it was uh, very consistent it's going to feed into my next question, but we're going to see what Reaper got to say about production. Um, Yeah. I'm glad that it's not a lot of trap beats just back and forth or back to back to back. Um, as far as liner notes, uh, Raphael Sadiq was a, a surprising one who's on uh, the production list and hit boy, boy wonder. And besides that, it's just, uh, I don't want to say no names, but probably indie dudes or dudes that's coming up or, People that uh, Corday have a history with, most likely. But those were the the famous ones that I saw in there, at least. I did like uh, Champagne Glasses is the one that I think stands out beat-wise and song-wise, just period. But um, production is the highlight of the album, for sure. All right. I feel you on that one. So uh, we're going to go into another song that we thought was notable. And here we go. You want from me? Uh, is it ever enough? Uh, 
And check it, check it, check it. Men and women are quite different, though our vision is jaded. We originated and coexist however you play it. Woman was made from the man's rib, that's why we can't live. You be the judge, but ain't no Uncle Phil without an Aunt Viv. Mother Nature and Father Time, moonlight and sunshine. Everything's interconnected and it's all by design. Yin and Yang, and since the Big Bang, ain't shit changed. Sometimes I feel like Russell Wilson, other days I'm Rick James. Life is a balance, duality is one of my talents. All right. And that was want from me from the Corday project from the bird's eye view. My next question, fellas, is curation and overall presentation of his rap. All right. I'm going to let Reaper jump into this first because I know he got something good to say. I think the most bizarre part of the album are Shiloh's intro and Shiloh's interlude, especially the interlude because it's like 20 seconds. And I wasn't sure, was it a at the end of the previous song or was it like an intro to the next song? And when I saw the track list that he had an intro and an interlude, that's not something we really get anymore in like skits and stuff like that. So I thought it was going to help bring the album together as like a cohesive idea. But no, I don't think the album has really any cohesiveness, honestly. All right. I feel you. Um, For me. I thought the curation was a little suspect, but the overall, I thought he showed high skill level. I thought he walked a nice tightrope on most of the tracks. I think they let him stray on a few of the tracks. I will tell you that um, he did a bonus track with um, Roddy Rich and Aunt Clemens um, gifted that I thought they could have reeled him in a little bit. He kind of, he kind of, I think he was trying to outdo the other people on the track and it really went kind of straight, at least for me. I don't know what what everybody else's thoughts are. And I think there were a couple more where I thought that he kind of went a little bit astray on some of um, some of the rhymes, you know, that he could have pulled it in, made him tighter and uh, gave a more concise uh, picture than he he did. So uh, let's let uh, our anchor man, Kev, finish this one. Kev your thought on curation and his overall rap performance. Yeah. Like, like Reba was saying the intro and how did it tie into everything? I was surprised lyrically, like some of the stories he was telling just kind of seem off from the type of person that he portrays to be, if that makes sense. Like when you see him in interviews and, and you see him performing it did. I don't know. It just seemed like what he was rapping about didn't fit who he is as a person. And then maybe it could be his past or something. It could be more to his story that I just don't know about. But it was just like, you know, just like listening to him, like the stuff he was saying, I was just like, it's not bad. It was just like surprising to hear it from him. And I wish, yeah, I wish those interludes would have kind of fit into the whole album because i think that like 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 we like once again Reba was saying it could have it could have told a better story i think you know i do think this album was like a lot of his it was personal but at the same time it was just like if you're gonna do a skit or interlude it should fit into the whole thing or at least give us something to know what we're talking you know to know what's going on because i had i had no idea who this shallow person is. And then, and I think I got to a point that um, in the middle of the album, I'm still, I'm listening for this shallow person or just to hear how they tie in. But 
and it took away from like some of the songs. I had to re-listen to them again because just trying to fit, like, like you know, just figure out the cohesiveness and and all of that. It took away from how the album was flowing. So, yeah, like, like we, when we did the report card and and like Kumo D's, uh, one of the cat, his categories was sticking to the script. It was kind of like I don't know if he really stuck to a script per se, but it was okay after the second listen, and I got that shallow mess out of my head. I wasn't looking for, you know, I enjoyed it more, but. And that did throw me off, you know, after that first listen. All right. Uh, my next question is, did any one person's feature stand out to anybody? Um, I, I'm going to start off by saying, again, uh, like uh, Reaper said, the uh, champagne joint, you know, Freddie Gibbs definitely stood out for me. And then I thought that that uh, Little Dirt did better than he normally has done on his last few features. So I'm gonna give him a little bit of credit for that, but any let's move on to anybody else who thought that maybe there was a feature that stood out. I'll say Little Wayne for me. I don't think you know the past maybe two three years Little Wayne features haven't been spectacular or anything to really talk about, but here he did a great job on this one. So you know you know just looking at the track list and I'm like he got a Little Wayne feature. I'm like, this, you know, this song's not gonna be that great. But then I listened to it and I'm like, where's this, where's this Lil Wayne been the past couple years? So that was like a surprising, it was real, it was a huge surprise to me. So I don't know what they were doing. I don't know if they was in the studio together or how they were able to vibe like that. But yeah, seeing Lil Wayne, you know, do a good job after, you know, these past couple years where his features haven't been nothing, you know, short of nothing was a good thing for me. Uh, Reaper, seemed like you wanted to chime in there. Do your thing, man. To answer your question, do any of the features stand out? The answer is no. You didn't like Lil Wayne's uh, feature? No, I mean, it's very Lil Wayne in 2022. Like, it's very whatever. Like, Lil Wayne can still rap, don't get me wrong, but he and, I mean, Nas, he, he, he stepped it up with the last couple of projects, but Little Wayne, Nas, and Jay-Z have been rapping for sport for however many years now. They're just rapping because they can. They don't have anything else to prove. You know, Wayne will say some 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 slick stuff here and there, like again, if he just feels like it. But you know, I'll throw Eminem on that list too. Like he's just kind of rapping for sport and his feature is terrible. Now, don't get me wrong, uh, or to be fair, I guess I should say the uh bird's eye view on all the streaming pl- pl- platforms including itunes there's 14 tracks but tracks 1 through 12 are listed as disc 1 and 13 and 14 are listed as disc 2 so i guess it's bonus cuts or you know back in the day they had you know a extra a extra cd that you had to put in the computer or like a dvd or something so i guess we should just judge tracks 1 through 12 and if that's the case the one with eminem is cut because that's the 13th track and then the one with roddy rich that you say he should have reeled it back on is the 14th track so i guess but that eminem track is terrible man it's like 35 bpm or something it's so slow and then eminem is rapping at like 200 (laughs) bpm it's like come on man like if you didn't like the beat just you just i mean you could because he's already co-signed Corday. Like, if you didn't like the beat, you could have told him to pick another beat, or you could have just said, nah, 
I don't want to do the feature. Like you didn't have to, you know. And it's a it's a lot of people that's impressed with Eminem's like super fast flow, but he don't be saying nothing, man. He don't be saying nothing. <laughs> you can't sound like me. You can't sound like me. <laughs> and and it, uh, it really it really it really pains me to say that too, because man, being from the D, one time for the city, man. Big Eminem fan, you know, all the way back to the beginning. But man, it's it's really unfortunate, man, to to listen to Eminem stuff nowadays. And and you you want him to, and again, I don't want to be a broken record because Jay Z said if you you know, I'm on the new stuff. If you like the stuff by the old albums, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. But dang, like I wish Eminem would like, and I like that he's, cause I'm conflicted, man. Like I like that he's trying to switch it up to be relevant or be with the new style but it's like do you have to switch up the style or do you just need to get new beats or, or more polished production or i don't know man i don't know but i'm i'm i mean but isn't that one of like the the flaws from just veterans and rap music as a whole where they don't really either pass the torch or uh give the younger people some shine a little bit we really, you know, I mean, like, you don't see it, though. Like, it was, I think Grandmaster Kaz was saying something like, he said, you know, he said the, the rappers that came after him didn't really reach back out. But then he was like, you know, but somebody like Macklemore did X, Y, Z. And he was, just, he was like really praising Macklemore for his contributions to the game. And this, and this is like, ah, I, I wish he could have picked somebody else, but. I understand what he was saying, so it's like, you know, yeah, Lil Wayne is like past his prime, but if he's still jumping on features of like newer artists or people who need a bump, then that's a good thing. You know, look, Eminem, yeah, he's past his prime, but he's still a name, though. You know, but not, not really, not. I'm, but again, are you just a name, though? Like, if you, there was a point where, like, I'm trying to think, maybe like. 2000 i mean it was kind of like jay-z retirement phase but even close to jay-z retirement phase like blueprint to black album era like jay-z wasn't jumping on a whole bunch of features like that that people wasn't on the rock if you look and saw somebody album and it said featuring jay-z it was just kind of like what jay-z even like when the first drake record came out in like 2010 i believe and it had jay-z on it it was like whoa like, and he just came back from Blueprint 3, but that was still, like, a thing. And same with Eminem. Same with, I mean, not really Wheezy, because he got on Everybody Named Mama song for a couple of years there. But, I mean, I don't know if... I, I feel like you're right, though. I mean, you're, you're totally right. I don't think that some of these veterans should be just giving out features. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm What I'm saying is there was a time, different points in time, where if you looked at... Corday, somebody who's on a second record or third record, if you count the EP, a young dude, and he had Jay Z, Eminem, and Lil Wayne on the same record, on the same album. Probably all three of those songs gonna be the singles. Or how much did this man pay? Or oh, he got to be next in line to be Drake or one of the all-time greats. But do those verses mean as much now in 2022? outside of name value because they not really spitting like they used to spit they just kind of wrap it for sport no it doesn't it doesn't i don't yeah i mean you're, you're totally right the eminem 
song could have been left off this album, and that's why I think it was a what that a bonus cut or yeah, whatever that yeah. whatever them last two songs are. I mean, that's why I think they're on there because he had an Eminem feature, and it's like, like you said, whatever he paid or whatever he had to do to get it, he should take advantage of it to to get that somewhat recognition and get attention like this. Like, I mean, we're talking about it. And it's not even the best. It's, it's one of the, like you said, it is one of the worst songs on this, whatever you want to call it, album or two disc set or whatever it is. But it still garners attention, good or bad. And I mean, you know, you know, it depends on who you talk to. Some people say bad attention is attention, and some people say, you know, why you want to shine a negative light on yourself. So it's I, 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 it's all about perception because. Is, is somebody who's a big Eminem fan, are they going to go straight to this song or are they going to listen to the whole thing and wait towards the end to listen to hear the Eminem feature? And it's like stuff you just don't know could happen. Some people might just listen just for M. And some people might be listening to M and be like, uh, well, let me hear how the rest of the album sound. And and then, you know, they'll listen to the whole thing. So, I mean, it's it's it wasn't... It wasn't needed. I'll say that. It wasn't needed. And I think that a lot of these, you know, veteran rappers jumping on just random songs or random beats doesn't help the artist. Doesn't help the artist, per se. So, yeah, just like you said, Jay-Z rarely did features. So when Jay-Z did a, you know, Jay-Z jumped on someone's album, it meant something. Now, Eminem jumping on someone's album doesn't mean as much because... He, he he has a lot of features. Little Wayne has a bunch of features. So, so for me, guys, I think that it's a two sided uh, coin on uh, the feature situation that's happening here in the 2020s. So you know we're three years into it, into our third year of the 2020s, and I promise you that it's a combination of the record companies wanting to maintain some validity of their older artists and them trying to uh, think they're really being, you know, old school geniuses and say, man, if we throw this name on there, we're going to give him a bump on these younger artists. So that's why you're going to see a lot of this more, more and more of this random uh, named rapper on another artist's uh, project. And I just think they're trying to maintain, uh, you know, there's some A&Rs out there from our era, from my era, who are saying, hey, you know, let's try to, you know, give these older rappers some validity so that they can tour and they can continue to do their, you know, make their money and do their thing. You know, it seems a little uh, narcissistic or something like that. But again, I just I think that uh, the record companies are trying to get money coming from both ways. I mean, I'd buy into that if if they were label mates, but Corday is signed to Atlantic and Eminem is signed to interscope under under shady or under aftermath whatever and little wayne is signed to universal under cash money so if they were like all four of them or three of them was on def jam and it's just like oh we we was recording upstairs and i just walked downstairs and it's like, oh i'm on the album or if they was all like friends how you know uh even back in the day chris brown and and tiger first linked up Fan of a fan, like, oh, I like your music. Oh, I like your music. Oh, let's do a record together. Ha ha, we're best friends. You know, but I don't, I don't know, unless Corday is secretly like a stand and he's just like hanging out at Eminem house or something, like, I don't see how they could be. So Corday is 
definitely and, ahead. Uh, yeah, he said that. In- yeah. But you know what? And he is. And, and you know what? That's what baffles me the most about his album, this one and the other one. He said his favorite rapper was Big L and Eminem, I believe. And again, and you still a young dude. You maybe you still want to, you know, make stuff that sound relevant for 2022. But this album don't sound like somebody that's a Big L or Eminem fan to me. You know, the product he let the production people lead him on this album. And, I mean, even the Lo- the Lost Boy record don't sound like a head made that. Or or no, nah, maybe I'm tripping. And I'll say this flat out before we even get into uh stream or no stream, the Lost Boy is better than this record. Period. <laughs> we might have to fight about that one. Uh, you you got to you got to give me uh, uh, the track versus track on this one because I, I did my count on both albums over the week, and I I think from for just for my purposes, there was at least two more tracks on this song on this particular project than the Lost Boys uh, track. I mean album to me, just to me. I counted them up the ones I liked on both albums and this one beat that one by two by two songs. I'll say uh I don't know if you should count super or not because that's the single, but super count it or don't count it, but stuff that's not the single that's just album cuts that I discovered. Sinister, uh I kind of like the harmonies from her on Chronicles. And uh, Champagne Glasses. And those three songs are in a row. And that's it. I don't think none of the other songs on the album worth listening to, if you ask me. Oh, for real? Man, I really enjoyed Mama's Hood. I enjoyed Want From Me. I enjoyed. Uh, and some, I'm telling you, I know we, we, we hard on Gunna, but a lot of young people, I think, I gave that one some love, too, just on the basis of this was tolerable Gunna for me, you know? It wasn't that same trappish, trappish stuff. You know, it was a close to trap beat, but Gunna wasn't in his pocket and it sounded better to me. I will say that before Kev goes ahead. I don't, the songs that you named or the other songs, I don't hate them. So maybe, maybe not worth listening to is slightly strong, but I just, I'm, I'm very. You're not going to listen to them again. Uh, I, I might, I might just. Because, like I said, I didn't hate the record, but I'm just very, like, meh. And I think The Lost Boy is better. I'd, I'd much rather put The Lost Boy on again than just try to make myself like this record. So, Kev, your thoughts on that Gunna, that Gunna song. Uh, do you think that uh, it was a little better pre- representation of Gunna? I think so. And I don't know if it was Corday or the production, but... I don't feel like none of the features on this album were wasted. But I will say this, though. It took me like three listens to really kind of grasp it. Like when it first came out, I listened to it. And and I don't know if I was just, you know, busy doing something, but I couldn't really. I didn't enjoy it the first time I listened to it. And, and then, like I said, the second time was trying to figure out I'm listening for certain stuff. So I really couldn't get into it. But when I really, you know, that third listen, you know, I really focused on it. And this, that's when it kind of got me. So I could understand, you know, what Reaper is saying. Um, Cause it didn't get me at first. And, you know, and sometimes if stuff doesn't get me like first listen, I'd say I'll take like a couple days before I even play it again, because, you know, 
it it wasn't just special. You know what I mean? Like I, I you know, if it catch me that first listen, I'm I'm all in. But so it it took me a while to really get into it. And um, you know, like I said, the feet to me, the features weren't, I'm not gonna say they were great, but they didn't feel wasted. So I'm not I'm not saying Gunner was like all spectacular or anything, but this is one of the best sounding gunners I think I've heard. And I think that that's the vibe I'm seeing on Twitter that, uh, you know, the people I follow were saying they're going to kind of, you know, it was another gonna. It wasn't the same old, same old. And I think every every head and every, you know, uh, purposeful listener of hip hop, this genre we love, wants to see growth in the artist. So that's all I would say from it. I'm not going to say it was a spectacular verse or anything like that. It just showed something different from him on a beat that was different for him. So that would be my end to that and just say that I really uh, think that you guys are on point with most of your reactions here. I have no real argument. So we're going to jump into this last little uh, uh, song that we thought was notable from the project. And then we're going to jump into stream versus uh, stream or no stream. So here we go. Okay, conversations getting complicated, I could tell ya, uh, 15 was in them handcuffs with paraphernalia, I grew up in them trenches, boy, your house had wine cellar, if anybody ever had a problem, gave them hell, I got my auntie, brother's daddy, cousin, backstage passes, everybody celebrating with their champagne glasses, I'm just sitting full of pain as I'm touring the country, thought the stress-free life was gonna come with the money, I got my head up in the clouds, living off daydreams. All right, and that was Champagne Glasses featuring Freddie Gibbs and Stevie Wonder from our man Corday's uh, project from a bird's eye view. So uh, let's jump into our stream or no stream. And I'm going to start it off by saying that for me, this was a stream, even though the curation was not as well as I would like it to be. But for a young uh, rapper who's putting out his, you know, technically third project, but really um, second um, studio album, I thought it was pretty decent. I think that uh, the production was at a level that was pleasant. And this is something that I could put on and, you know, maybe do some odd jobs around the house, you know, uh, you know, some honey do list type stuff and still not feel like I'm wasting my time. I thought it was I thought all the tracks were very pleasant that uh, nothing just made me want to run to the uh, to the, 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 the to the speaker and turn the speaker off or something like that. So that's my take on it. Let's jump into it with our, uh, Anchorman. Kev, your thoughts, stream or no stream for Corday's project from the bird's eye view. I'm, I'm a stream it. But, you know, Reaper made a good point about he he enjoyed Lost Boy better than this one. And I have to go back and listen to Lost Boy, but I think that I think he makes an excellent point about the Lost Boy comparison because I feel like he was more hungrier with Lost Boy than he was with this album. I'm at to disagree with your point. If I can't play this doing, you know, any kind of work in the house, I think it was too it was just too chill. It was just too chill to kind of be, you know, working in the house and I need I need loud and fast, upbeat type stuff to really kind of get me going. But, you know, on my way to work, I could play this or, you know, 
just you know just chilling or you know riding to the store or something yeah i could i could listen to this then yeah I, you know it's a stream for me i think it's a it's a solid album um i am surprised that some of the features like stevie wonder like like that's crazy but i think he did a good job though i think he did a good job and, and you know we'll just see where what he does next i think he has to you know really improve because he didn't put out two good albums and he can't slip up but he's going to need a classic no he put out two good albums but he's going he's going to need a classic in his third or fourth album to really kind of elevate himself though i feel you on that kev appreciate it let's jump into it and let uh reaper anchor this one reaper streamer no stream on corday's project from a bird's eye view so before I give my streamer no stream, I need to mention this. Has anyone noticed that sometimes he raps off beat? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He he he'll he'll unnecessarily switch his flow up, but and he'll and it's not on time. It's like and it, it's not Blueface or you know Bay Area like rapping off beat on purpose. It's like switch the flow in the middle of the song, and nobody told him, "Oh, you're off beat, bro." do that again or on on super and it's crazy because that's the single like uh goes from the chorus and like he switches up and goes the big homie the big but it should be but it's not it goes and the beat is off it's off for like but do you think that do you think that his transitioning from ybn to the solo career some of it plays into his ybn phase Man, no, no, I don't have nothing to do with it. He need to stop doing that. <laughs> like, I mean, no, I mean, but like, switch up the flow. Just Big switch. Sean does it though. No, you watch your mouth. Big Sean switches up the flow. He don't never be off beat though. He don't never be off. <laughs> you, 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 you're a Detroit guy. You'll stand for Big Sean, <laughs> but you can't feel no, ill. Oh, <laughs> you, you watch your no. But again, Eminem will switch up the flow, or he'll rap you know twice as fast but again if if the if the beat is 50 bpm and he's rapping 100 he's fitting doubles inside of each you know i don't agree with it i mean but that i think that is the flaw of this album is that the beats were too smooth his beats were very chill on this album though no man you no man no man no man i'm and corday doesn't do it on every song that's not what i'm saying but sometimes specifically on super i don't know how much of super we can play without getting flagged but it's i believe it's the end of the first chorus going into the verse if uh b wise can pull that up so we can see what i'm saying he is What's, that's a production problem then no it's a rap problem the beat is made on a computer it's four four it's one two three four one two three four one two. the beat yeah doesn't but, switch but, you, up. but you, you gotta edit the album though but you gotta rap on time <laughs> or not or like when when beat machines came out npcs and all of that stuff the the thing that made producers so happy was just like yo when we scratch or when we loop you know a break beat in real time sometimes it's a hair off it's just the precision of the dj but a machine is a machine. It's not going to be off ever. That's why they were so excited. The beat is not off. There's no beat change. It doesn't go from 4-4 four, four to 3-4. It's Corday's problem. He's not on time. So you're saying that an engineer or a producer 
when they're listening to him rap or, or when they're playing it back, someone doesn't say, hey, stay the course. Someone. You're saying it's just the rappers? What form? I'm saying is. I think it's, I mean, huh? Based on the, based on the cadence, because again, as in, you know, for people that don't know, I am an audio engineer by trade. So if his is based on his cadence, if the audio engineer listens to it in post-production, he's like, oh, it is offbeat. Let me see if I can clean it up. He tries to cut where he takes a breath and just scoot it over a little bit. Sometimes it'll work, but based on your cadence and how fast or slow the beat is, it might not line up. And then you got to tell him to re-record it or you just got to leave it like that. And it's the latter. Or or the, pro, the, the producer didn't hear it, which is more egregious. Or Corday did it on purpose, which is more egregious. Or Corday didn't notice that he did it, which is more egregious. I'm still waiting on B-Wise to pull that up, by the way. <laughs> we're not letting this one go. Because it's not just... You got to give me timestamps. Because uh, I'm here. I see where I think it might be, where it might have flown in at. And I'm looking at uh, where he comes in and says, my mama might flip on me. I'm thinking that's the section you're talking about, but I could. Yeah, pull pull it pull it back like five seconds before that. Five seconds. And uh, my mama. Before that. All right, here we go. I'm gonna pull it back. I'm pulling it back to 30, 32. 32. He starts with. He got the whole motherfucker trap. Is that it? All right. All right, Reaper. So here we go with the section that you wanted to hear. Here we go. Piece got the whole motherfucking trap hit and I've been stacking up all these assets. Can be conducting any bad business like whoa. Hey, I keep that drip on me. My nigga, I'm big on me. Hey, I can't ever slip home me. My mama might flip on me like whoa. Hey, drop top coop in a motherfucking summer. I rest my case. I feel you on that section there. He does, but I I, I think that uh I'm gonna blame that one on the producer, but I'll let you guys give your two cents. Y'all not gonna sit up here and tell me. And and I wish we could have played more the the first part and back part. And it I it could be the producer's fault. It could be Corday's fault, or it's, it's just unnecessary because the the section because that's twenty nine or so seconds into the song. Before that is fine, and right after that little section, it's like it's like two bars that he just jumps off the off the cliff for whatever reason, and then he just goes back to the normal flow, and it's just you know it's like. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. And, but and I understand, you know, I understand sometimes it is the little things that can kind of like throw a song off. You know what? I don't. And this, this is a random segue. But back, uh, this was maybe 2014 or 2015. There was this song called OG Bobby Johnson. Y'all remember that song? Oh, yeah. OG Bobby Johnson. OG. But again, and it, it used to drive me because it was a cool song, but it used to drive me crazy because like everybody was mad about the that's when that flow was getting real hot og bobby johnson og bobby is like it's so stuttery right but the thing about it is it's like sometimes people you know uh switch up the pronunciation because they don't see nathan but penetrate you know nathan is not a word but he switched up nothing so it could rhyme okay fine but if you og bobby johnson but if you do the tempo of the beat one two three four and you pronounce it as OG Bobby Johnson. OG, it still fits. It's like you're doing that stutter flow. It's not serving a purpose. And I think Corday is doing that here, a version of that. If he just 
You're saying he's reaching when he doesn't have to reach. Yes. If he just would have said the words normally with the other flow, it still would have fit. And if it didn't fit, take a word out. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. And, and, and it's on beat. No, I get it though. I, I get what you're saying. I, I totally get what you said, but that's just like, that's just how I look at Big Sean sometimes. Like, I feel like he goes off beat or unnecessarily switches up his flow. And that's why I can't really listen to a lot of his stuff. So I, I tell, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. You could say that he switches up the flow unnecessarily. You, I, I'll give you that, fine. But it's on beat. And, and you know what else, too? Like, because he came up with it when he was still doing mixtapes. He called it the Super Duper Flow. You know, he has a couple of songs, Super Duper Lemonade and Super Duper, whatever, whatever. And he at least created that. Like, other people that started to do it after him bit it from him. So I'll give him credit for at least that, like, doing something that was new. Right. Like, again, like how we talked on a report card, how many people sound like Future, how many people sound like Migos. Even Migos doing, like, the, the stutter slip flow or whatever you want to call it. At least when they did it, it was original. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But again, I believe the question was to me, stream or no stream. <laughs> this is going to be a complicated answer. The, the answer is listen to the Lost Boy. If you listen to the Lost Boy and you like that and you feel like going on a journey with a young dude that's still trying to find his sound, that's still trying to find his footing, his lane, whatever you want to call it, then listen to this album if you listen to the lost boy and you don't like the lost boy then you can skip this all right that's what's up really appreciate it fellas and that was our segment streamer no all right now we're moving on to new music review and that is from our girl uh nikki minaj and she is on two tracks with little baby so here's one of the first songs and it's bussin and here we go all right so here we go with the uh bussin and that was from uh nikki minaj and little baby and uh, i'm gonna jump into this real quick and then let the other people uh give their two cents because uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of this particular track. Love Lil Baby. Uh, I think he's throwing a bone to Nikki on this one. So that's my two cents. Uh, Kev, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, I mean, you're you're not far off. I like Nikki. You know, I really do like Nikki. And I, and I like the fact that she's not like the typical female. You know, she, she ain't robbing about, you know, getting money from dudes and shaking her ass and all this other stuff. Um, she, she not. And when she's like featured on other people's stuff, she not, 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 not every song though. It don't feel like it's every song. It feels different. Sometimes Nicki Minaj stuff just feels different. Is that fair to say? Different how? I mean, not like different from Megan. Yes. She is definitely different than Megan. She is a, a, a cross She's the precursor to Megan who took the reins from Foxy and Lil' Kim. 
like Foxy and Lil Kim was in the it was was boom bap royalty, and then Nicki comes along and and takes it to another place. I mean, so that's what I would. Well, okay, like well, I'll say this: I I don't think her taking this break did her any good because I think that you know, like she got these two songs and she had a feature with Bia, and then she has um, I think she had another feature with somebody else. And it's just it just feel like she's just trying to fit in instead of standing out. So yes, I agree with that. I so you know I I don't know, and that's never been that's never really been her. She's always been someone that kind of even you know just stood out, did her own thing, or I mean even with the Barbie thing, like that blew up, and that was you know you could say she she started that trend because I mean like girls now. Well, young ladies now are still saying Barbie this and Barbie that. And Nicki Minaj ain't really put out no album in God knows how long. So she's had an impact, not just in female rap, but just in rap as a whole. And that's a credit to her. But I don't know what's going on now. I don't know if she just wants to be just to put something out to make some money or she just wants to fit in. But that's never been who she she's never fit in. So. Yeah, listening to these songs is like, eh, you know, I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence, and I'm and I'm leaning towards no, but I'll give it, you know, I'll give it a chance. All right, Reaper, two cent time from you, bro, man. I bring up this song specifically. I mean, these two songs because it's it's really bizarre that she put out two songs with a uh, baby, little baby, not the baby, uh. In, within a two or three day span like that usually only happens when they about to put out a joint album or something right like why is she putting out a new ep or album or whatever and both of the singles or street singles whatever we're calling these have little baby on there so i found that interesting but also and if we can pull this up i don't know if we can get flagged for playing all these songs on here today but um uh, Nicki Minaj did a song with Takeshi 69 in 2018 called Fifi, F-E-F-E. And maybe my ears are deceiving me, but Fifi and this new song, Bussin, are the exact same song. I know the song you're talking about. We do not play that artist on this platform, but the... You don't, you don't support Takeshi 69? <laughs> we, we don't play that music on, nothing from that person on. We don't mention him. We don't play his music, nothing. Well, that's unfortunate because uh, that song was a banger back in the day. But um, what you what you mean lyrically the same song? No, no, uh, musically wise, it was the same. It's the same song. No, like like the beat, like the way she comes in, like it's the same song. Like, and I heard it, I'm just like, but is that a surprise though? Really? It is because people usually sample songs or rework songs that are older than three years ago and they aren't usually featured on the original version <laughs> i'll be i'll be honest with you i haven't this is the first time hearing that though like i mean i don't listen to um i don't really listen to uh uh what's his name that takeshi 69 i only listen to him like that but i haven't seen anyone else post that about hey this song sounds familiar so yeah okay i mean like i said maybe maybe um i mean I, i'm not saying you're lying i'm not saying you're lying i just i'm just unfamiliar with with his stuff so but i'm not surprised though i'm I'm totally not surprised because i think that you know a lot of these trappist type beats have like s- similar rhythms 
same baseline. Um, but not similar rhythms or same or similar baselines. Like it's the same. Like it's actually the same. No, no, no. I get no, no. I get that. Though. I get that part. Um, and and you know what else? So it's I'm I'm just I'm just huh. And you know what else? Like okay, so back in two thousand four or so, when Usher came out with Yeah, Little John, but then Pete Pablo came out with Freakalik. And they're essentially the same song. They're like reworkings of the same song, right? Right. But but they've been reworked just a little bit to work for two different people. Okay, fine. But Little John did that. He created both of these. Maybe he, you know, had a bender over the weekend and made them both back to back, and that's why they sound like that. Okay, fine. But uh, Murder Beats made the track for Takeshi and Nicki Minaj, and Murder Beats did not make this beat. So that's what I'm saying. Is it a sample? Is it stealing? Is it, oh, I've got that melody in my head from somewhere, but I don't know where it's from. Oh, you, I don't, I don't know what to attribute this to. I think that Nikki had an opportunity to do some work with Lil Baby, who's on fire right now, and went into the studio and the production people were not prepared and they were like, all right. Let's uh, sample this joint here and see what she can pull from this. And that's what she did. But even, okay, that's fine. Let's say this is the hypothetical story. When she heard it, because she's on the original song, shouldn't she have been like, hmm, this, this, that, uh, this song I did a couple of years ago? Because it's not like it was just an album cut. It was like, it was like a, a single and she was in the video. And, but if, but if we're saying that she's trying to fit in with today, I don't think she, I don't think it matters to her if it sounds familiar. Uh, That's my opinion. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just I just I just don't know. Like, I, I just feel like, you know, let's say someone like Mike Will made it. I feel like he got like I think I heard like two. I think I heard like three or four songs that he did that sound the same. I can't tell you the songs offhand, but when uh, Ray Shrummer was just like one of the hottest things out there, it felt like Mike Will made it was making the same, just remixing the same beat, making the same beat. Oh, he'll slow it down for this artist. He'll speed it up for this artist. He'll take something off for this artist. He'll add something for this artist. But I mean, I don't know. But I, but I also feel like when you. It, but again, is that a. Is, is that okay though if it's just Mike Will doing that for other people? Because maybe this is his sound, like with the Little John example. But this not even the same producer. This somebody jocking murder beat style. But aren't all of them jocking each other's style though, to a certain extent. <sighs> okay, I'd like to move on from this if you don't if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I will say, uh, Two Chains put out a record recently, an album. And he's got a song called, uh, dang, what is this song called? Because uh, it's the same, it's got the same title as a Trey Songs track from back in the day. It's called, uh, hold on, my homeboy sent it to me earlier. Because I, I, I literally, when he sent it to me, I was just like, word to Trey Songs? <laughs> and uh, Have you listened to that 2 Chains album yet? A, uh, a little bit of it. But, oh, it's called. Yeah, I couldn't get through it. It's called Neighbors Know My Name. Y'all remember that track from Trey Songz back in the day? Yeah, I know that track. Yeah, so it's called Neighbors Know My Name. So I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be a slow track, right? No. When you play it, it samples Laffy Taffy by D4L. So it's like, what? 
word to trade 4L? Is that what we're doing? Also, <laughs> Tiger released the song. Uh, if y'all uh, listen to the to the mixtape I did, the 2021 mixtape, he released a song last year called, I think it's called Mr. Mr. Bubblegum, Mr. Bubble, Bubble something. And it also samples the D4L Laffy Taffy track. It's like, huh? Are y'all trolling? Are y'all being for real? Or is it just like, uh, cause back in the day when uh uh I forget the name of the song, but it sampled it sampled in the Fuji's Ready or Not that that one, and uh, Puff you know used it later for whatever his song was called Puff Daddy for people that know, and he said when he heard the Fuji's Ready or Not he loved the song and he knew where the sample came from, but in his mind he was like oh I would have used the sample like this so he resampled it and did it in a different version so maybe that's what happened like two chains heard tiger's version like oh this cool but i would have did it like this but his version is really similar to tiger's version it's not the same but it's really similar and between that and and bussin being like fifi it's kind of like all right y'all what we doing but i think that i think that like if you play music like, like I think DJs listen to music differently. Musicians look at the music differently. Like engineers listen to music differently. So it's, 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 a, it's a certain sound. It's certain things that you listen to and look for in songs that the average listener is not going to listen to. Like it was, um, like Adele, like Adele, her her lead single. I was like, ah, oh, it, it irritated the hell out of me. That that the end of that first verse, going into the chorus, I was like, uh, I was like, this producer messed this song up, and it bothered me. And I was, and my daughter, she sings, and I'm telling her, I was like, listen to this, and she was like, Dad, it's not that bad. I was like, it is the progression and this and this, and I'm breaking stuff down to her, and she was like, Dad, but it's not that bad. And I'm like, it's irritating to me. It's I played music, I wrote music, so I totally understand. If someone picks something out and their and their ear is different, I get it. And and it, just like Jay Dilla, you know, a lot of people think Jay Dilla is the greatest hip hop producer ever. I don't know if I can stamp that to him, not because he's not great, but Jay Dilla's ear, huh? One time for the city, <laughs> Jay Dilla. One time for the city. I would I would say this about Jay Dilla. He might have he might have had the best ear in rap out of all producers. I don't know how it, it's it's like I've listened to his I listened to the original version of stuff he sampled and I'm like how did he find this and build off this I mean small progression it could be a five second progression and he would build off of that totally amazing have no idea how that man does it but his ear is he has the best ear out of anybody in rap history I would give him that but. It's a difference, though. It is a difference, though, when you when you are behind the scenes as opposed to just being a regular fan. It's just it's totally different. So I don't know. That's something to listen to because I don't know. I I, I I don't even I'm still trying to get caught up to like a lot of this new stuff. Like, so, you know, trying to listen to two change. It was I was just like I was like three, four songs in and I was just like, I don't want to listen to this no more. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know what? I <laughs> Not to say it was like bad, but it's just I just couldn't get into it. It just felt so, you know, him like saying this is last trap album, and I'm just like, you should have been stopped doing these type of albums a long time ago. So I don't know. <laughs> All right, so we're going down a rabbit hole, fellas. So I gotta bring us back in. Uh, so we're going to jump into this next track from uh, Nikki and Lil Baby, and it is uh, Do We Have a Problem? And here we go. Tell them I need them, my bitch, she a rider. I got a shooter and I got a driver. And when that hit, I'm the only provider. Little back for him, bitch, worth a five, yo. Niggas know the vibe, that's worth a five, yo. Beef, we about to resolve, yo. Pull up on the up, do we have a problem? Hold up, shorty. Hold up, bitch. Please don't touch me. Look at my fit. Look at my ankle. Look at my wrist. This one a pack. This one a brick. That one a up. That one a lick. This one for pop. This one for juice. I am the one. Bitch, you a deuce. <laughs> Niggas give it up in my city. Really shed blood in my city. Get love in my city. Niggas will sun your whole set like it's around six. Uh, that was Do We Have a Problem by Nicki Minaj and uh, Lil Baby. Uh, I'm giving my two cents again and jump out of this, but I will reel the fellas in quicker on this one just because uh, uh, it's the same from me. I, I, I'm, I, I, I've heard the whole song. We didn't play it all. I thought that little baby walked her through this and whoever uh, did the production on it really walked her through this. It was put together well, but um, I don't see any, I don't see anything that's uh, interesting for me. So let's start this one off with uh, Reaper. Your thoughts on "Do We Have a Problem" by Nicki Minaj and Lil Baby? You know what? I implore anyone listening to watch the video. It's hilariously bad. <laughs> like it's it's like a B movie. There, they have the the guy. I, I don't know his name, but he's on Power. He plays one of the uh, people in Power. I guess I don't really watch the show, but I know he's on the show. And um, and Nikki plays like a cop. And again, I don't want to spoil it. Just watch the video. It's 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 got some boom B movie quirks in it, and uh, her acting is a little hammy. But again, maybe it's hammy on purpose. I don't know. And uh, I found that amusing. But the song itself, meh. It's meh. It's whatever. I will say Cardi B put out a track a couple of months back called Bet It, B E T space it bet it and it's on the bruised soundtrack the bruised movie soundtrack the movie with Halle Berry where she plays the MMA artist and I don't know if Nikki is jocking her style but it sounds just like that song not not the sample thing again but the vibe is the same it's a really slow beat that she's just kind of that's kind of been left open for her to just do her thing on and the Cardi B track is better and Cardi actually did her thing on the song. And I think Nikki was trying to replicate that to lesser success. I don't hate the song, but I think it's a little bit bizarre. If this is going to be the lead single, this one came out first and Bussin came out second. It's funny. You said the, the, the bruise soundtrack. I don't know why that soundtrack didn't get enough attention, but like, it's a good soundtrack. It's a good, good, and that and that Cardi B song. And you are absolutely right. Every you, everything you just said. Yeah, man, it's it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, spot on. I mean, you know, Cardi did her thing on that song. It's the first song on the thing on the on the um soundtrack. And I mean, she got busy. I mean, that song might be better than Up. 
I don't know. Mm, you know what? I will say they're both they're both good, but up moves and yes, and uh, the other one doesn't. But I, I'll say this though, like, and if if I had to compare the two, yes, Cardi song is better, um, Cardi flow better, and I think that you know even like her content was better than what Nicki was saying on here, and Nicki got a little baby feature and Cardi's song was still better, but this song was eh. Like and and you know, like I said earlier, I, I just feel like she's trying to fit in instead of stand out. So there's nothing really special about this song. So I don't I don't know. It's just it's just a whatever for me. I feel you. Just a little liner note on the brew soundtrack. Again, that that's why you gotta love heads. It was a terrible flop as far as sales were concerned. It only sold uh what is it saying here on scan? Uh it's saying but that's because nobody didn't listen to it. Now, if you listen to that whole soundtrack and you don't like it, you're just a hater. The movie, yes, the movie sucked. But if you listen to that soundtrack and you say it wasn't good, I would label you a hater. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, it might be out of what is it, 12, 13 songs? It might have been one, maybe two. Huh? No, you know why? It, it's because the movie sucked. That's why. One maybe, and and and, uh, and there's another song on there that's a real maybe. It's not. It's not too many times you can get all females to really do their thing on one project. Even the City Girls song wasn't bad on it. Um, and I know we're going off course, but I, I would recommend the Bruce soundtrack. I, I I recommend that to anybody. It you know all females, and I think it has like one R and B song on there, but the rest is just. Females just rapping on it, and they and they do an outstanding job. And I don't, I don't think people listen to it. That's why they kind of, you know, they iffy on it. And I mean, you know, you listen to other stuff, so you could spend 30, 40 minutes giving this your attention. You know, I hear you guys, but um, you know, it really only it only sold uh, or it's only been streamed three hundred thousand times. That's crazy. But have you heard it though? I heard the entire thing. I enjoyed it, but again. You got it. You, if the movie was, you know, accessed through Netflix and if people didn't pick it up and the word didn't get out on it, then there's something that happened wrong. Because, again, I know the movie was bad, but it was on the biggest streaming platform as far as movies is concerned. The word would have got out if the if but people don't listen to soundtracks nowadays. I don't think it's not about listening to the soundtrack. It's about the some of the music that was in the movie. If it was that good, people would have checked for the soundtrack. And that's what I'm saying. The movie wasn't good. The music wasn't as spectacular as it could have been. And the result of it was poor streaming numbers on the movie and the soundtrack. That's all. So, and uh, that was our uh, new music review from Nicki Minaj and Little Baby. And now we're going to move on to our favorite segment. And that is The Flavor. All right, so we're going in first with our man Reaper's pick, and here we go. Wow. 
while y'all was on clubhouse. I was in the dugout, waiting to get up the bat and knock a home run out. Noriega thugged out, walking with my snub out. No serial numbers on the side, they was rubbed out. I give you a blood bath, then I let the blood out. Pull a stopper out of the bottom and drain a tub out. Know my way through any hood, nigga, what you talking about? You follow the GPS, I just take the thug route. 18 years, can't wait till they let my cuz out. Couldn't believe it when the words came out the judge mouth. And that was Thought I Was Gonna Stop by Papoose featuring Lil Wayne. I'm again going to jump in first and give my two cents and then we'll let the fellas do the do the rest. And uh, for me, man, uh, Papu shined like a diamond on this joint. Uh, one of his better produced tracks because he's had some issues with production. I think he changed up even the, the, the levels, whoever the engineer was on his voice, which made him sound so much better. And uh, I appreciated this one a lot. I'd like to thank uh, uh, Reaper for bringing this one to the flavor. And uh, uh, again, my man, Lil Weezy, I'm just, you know, he's just not, he's, I don't know, the space he's in right now is just, and I, again, I hope my theory about people trying to keep him relevant is what it is and not him still just living off his name because what he's done over the last two years as far as features, maybe there's been two standout ones. Everything else has just been straight garbage for me. So that's my two cent. Let's move into it with uh, Reaper. Reaper, your thought. I'm sorry, not Reaper, because it's your song. I'm sorry, Kev, your thoughts on Reaper's pick. I, I enjoyed it. You know, you know, shout out to Papoose. And uh, I think he was on the uh, drink chance and he was like, no one outworked him um, last year. And I think what he said he did one every month, but I think it was actually 10. I don't know if it was 10 or 11. And, and I listened to like no nah, no nah, he did every one every one every month did he I thought I thought it was a hiccup in April because April or April came out late then but okay I only listened to like eight of them because it was like one of the months it something didn't come out and I, and I think he did double it up but I mean you know eight mixtape I mean t- twelve mixtapes in a year it's it's a hard thing to do and to still like he sounded good on damn near every one um everyone I listened to so. That was great. And this feature didn't feel it didn't feel wasted, you know. So I I, I think, you know, that at that I got to get credit to the producer and Papoose for that. So, you know, I think it was a good pick. Appreciate that, uh, Kev. Let's move on to Reaper Reaper. Your reasoning for uh, choosing uh, Papoose's song. Thought I was going to stop. So it was actually a um, a sleeper single. The they made a music video for it and everything. The music video version is actually the remix. The remix has two chains, so it's Lil Wayne, two chains, Remy Ma, and Buster. But the original version, the iTunes version, whatever you want to say, is just Lil Wayne. And yeah, it's a little bit short. It's like two minute, two minutes or so. The remix version is longer. It's like five and a half minutes or something like that. Um, yeah, really enjoyed the production. Going back to what Kev was saying earlier about Lil Wayne's feature on Corday, wasn't a super fan of that one, but I actually really like this feature. Uh, Diamonds Like an Octagon or Dana White, you know, whatever that was like, oh, okay, okay. You know, I wish, I, I guess it's got to be somebody like Papoose or like, you know, Joel Santana don't make music no more, but Jada Kiss or, or something like that has got to get on the track with him that's like going to outdo him for him to be like oh well no you're not going to outdo me I can still rap kind of thing because 
he's not going to get shown up by Corday. Unfortunately, he's not there yet. So I appreciate that. The, the thing I will say that's a little bit bizarre is in the video, it's got a bunch of kids like doing Harlem Shake and like, you know, doing a bunch of like street dancing and stuff. And so it's like they want it to be like a dance track, but I don't know if it moves quite fast enough for it to be a dance track. I feel like it should be a couple steps faster if they wanted it to be that, eh? And it's got a whole lot of rapping on it for it to be like a dance track. Like some of the dance tracks, you know, from the 2000s had a bunch of lyrics and stuff, but it's almost like a little bit too lyrical for that. And then see, it doesn't have a chorus. If there was, even if they just said something like, throw your hands up, doom, 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 throw your hands up, doom, doom, it would have made it more of like a, a party slash dance kind of thing. But the beat just kind of drops out and they do the acapella thing while each person switches verses. And it's it almost plays off more like a, a cypher when you listen to the, the remix, the music video version, uh, more than a, a dance track. But um, besides that, like not really knowing what it wants to be, like I said, I really like the song uh, as an individual song. I'm going to throw it on in the club and click it up a couple notches and see how people react to it. But yeah. All right. That's what's up, Reaper. Appreciate that. Moving on. This is our man Kev's uh, pick. And here we go. Say you my nigga, I'ma be your killer. Nobody gonna play with you when I'm with you. Go against any nigga, like fuck this glitter. Skeet all third on bitches. I put it in for you, I spend for you. Whatever you with, I'm with it. How you gonna cost a nigga that rockin' with you? I got you lit in the city. I've been multitasking. And all right, that was uh, Super Gremlin by uh, Kodak Black. And um, that was Kev's pick. So I'm gonna jump into it with my two cents and just say that, uh, you know, it's a pleasant song. For me, Kodak never really has a rhyme or reason in his raps. It's just a bunch of rhyming words, and I get it. Uh, the beat was very well produced, and it's probably going to do well on the charts. That's my two cents. Let's check in with Reaper. Reaper, your thoughts on Kev's pick, Super Gremlin by Kodak Black. I can't believe you picked this song. I've heard this song so many times. They're actually really rocking with this song a lot over here. So I've heard it a bunch of times, and... When I heard the beat, Superstar, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm curious to, to see the reason why you picked that song. I I don't hate it. I can't really say I like it, though, either, honestly. I re- the, the part I really don't like is the chorus. I really don't like the chorus. Like, I don't like the chorus. And I, I don't know. I'm not just going to tear up the song. Go ahead, Kev. <laughs> no, I mean, I get it. I, I I totally get it. I wasn't the biggest Kodak Black fan, and I couldn't understand. How, you know, you know, I seen stuff online, and I've heard people talking. They was like Kodak Black, this, 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 and this. And I'm just like, what? What? It's nothing. I don't see it. I think it was late last year. He was featured on someone's album, and I don't know who it was, but it was like a surprise to me like i was just like i like his verse on here then i heard him on something else so when i heard this 
I thought he was fe- I thought he was featured on somebody else's song. And and I looked at my daughter and I'm like, who is this? And she was like, Kodak Black. This is a new song. And I was like, what? And then yeah, like you said, it is it's it's caught on. Um you hear it a lot. And I don't know. I just I just really like it. It it makes me feel good. Um I get hype and I'm into it. And it, it's totally unexpected for me because I'm like I said, Kodak Black is, you know, he has this weird cadence and he's not really saying a lot, but I, it's something about that beat and him rhyming and it's just I don't know it just all fits in together and it gets me. I can get hype off this song and then, and that that stuff I like you know something I can listen to in the morning um, when I'm trying to get ready for work or I'm going in you know something that I'm like okay. Yeah, I can get this day started. I'm good. And that's and that's what this does for me. You listening to trap music as soon as you wake up, man? Sometimes, man. <laughs> All right. Like like some ignorant stuff, man. Oh man. I it I don't know. It just it gets me going. Like I can't listen. Okay, like like I was saying about Corday. I can't listen to I can't listen to this Corday album in the morning. It, it's it's just gonna slow me down, but Give me some of this. I can't put on nothing ignorant though before ten or eleven o'clock. I, I, I can't listen to nothing ignorant after ten. But give me that ignorant stuff before ten. I'm going. It gets me up. I'm energized. I'm I'm there. I'm I'm ready to, you know, I'm ready to conquer the world. That that's how I am. So you know, I can I can appreciate some of this trap stuff. And this is one of those trap songs I can be like, okay, this is it. And I'm good. Yep, that's what's up. Appreciate that. Now we're going to move on to uh, the final uh, choice from the flavor, and that was my pick. And here we go. I put 20 on the wrist just to feel alive. I got sticks inside the car, too many niggas dying. All these niggas like your sex, cause they be flipping sides. Real words that ain't gone, that shit hard to find. You ain't even got a car, but say that you were right. You won't even rap for you, so I know that you like. I can tell you gon' switch, I see it in your eyes. Real words getting red, that's your hard to find. Haven't seen it all, swear to God, I almost did it too. Living close to the grave, where you be if I'm not digging you? In touch with my feelings, won't touch again if I'm not feeling you. All right, and that was my pick, Real Ones by our man Moray. And uh, let's jump into it with the fellas. Uh, Reaper, your thoughts on my pick, Real Ones by Moray. No offense, but no real thoughts about it. Very forgettable. Typical trap beat, sing-songy lyrics, not quite singing, not quite rapping. Can't say that I'd care to hear it again. All right, that's what's up. Appreciate that, Reaper. Let's check in with uh, Kev. Let him anchor this one. Kev, your thoughts on my pick, more uh, real ones by Moray. Yeah, I I wasn't really feeling that one. I I just wasn't. It was just I don't know. It was too slow, and it was I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. All right, too slow compared to Super Gremlins. I'm gonna have to push back on that one. But, but Super Gremlin get you hype, man. <laughs> I can't get hype off. I can't get jiggy off of this one. Yeah, well, you know, for me, real ones was a, a, a beautiful hype song, and the the concept and story behind it, and that's why I enjoy Moray's uh, music. It's it he's uh, reaching past uh, um, real trap. You know, you can talk trap 
for one album, that's cool. But at that point, at some point, you gotta, you, you know, you're making money. So I get what he was talking about in this particular song, and that's him trying to find real ones in his life. And what's better than trying to find something real in your life? So that that was my purpose for choosing this one and bringing it to. And I hope everybody uh, takes an opportunity to check it out and give uh, Moray a chance. He did win uh, New Artist of the Year last year, so that was uh you know that was important um, for me. So that was our segment the flavor all right we're gonna finish off the conversation with uh talking hip-hop and we're gonna discuss uh snoop dogg buying death row we'll let reefer jump in and start this one off um so if you haven't seen the headline uh snoop doggy dog formerly known as uh currently known as snoop dogg also known as uh, big snoop dog snoop lion uh so on and so forth, is now the owner of Death Row Records. Um, so if you go down the rabbit hole a little bit, Death Row was acquired by Hasbro, um, which is known for making toys. Um, and then Hasbro sold it slash acquired, I believe sold it to Koch Records, but Koch Records changed their name like two times, but then they also acquired Koch Records slash the new version of it whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Snoop Dogg bought it from them outright. He just paid, I mean, I'm not going to say paid cash because I don't know that to be a fact, but he bought it from them outright. And the original report said it was just the ownership of the label, but they're now reporting too that he all, he has all the masters for everything released under death row. So that includes the chronic, that includes doggy style, the first uh, dog pound album, uh, Dog Food, I believe it's called, and uh, subsequent other releases. And to follow that up, he just put out a record last Friday called uh, Back on Death Row. B-O-D-R is what it's, you know, hyphenated as or whatever. But uh, the first album released on Death Row since, I think they said Corrupt, put out a random album in like 2006. So, um Shouts to him. I know Kev said, uh, well, off air, Kev said he wasn't impressed and I'll let him take the floor because uh, he should have done it a long time ago or whatever. But it's still boss moves uh, getting 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 uh, death row something with or something that had cachet back in the day. And I mean, they still selling death row T-shirts online and hot topic and stuff like that. Imagine if they made this the new hot or made this the new hot label again, or even I'll say this too, and then Kev can have the floor. Uh, the first person to give him props, to give Snoop Dogg props after he acquired it was, um, or after it was posted online at least, was Currency. You know, we love Hot Spitter, or I love Hot Spitter, I don't know about y'all. But imagine if you could just start with people that Snoop is friends with, like Currency, or like Larry June, or like, you know, indie, indie dudes like that, or people that's friends with Snoop that respect death row and respect snoop from back in the day imagine if he signed them it just to like a distribution deal kind of thing y'all do your own thing already got your own fan bases but just get some of this death row or just some of the like major labor money behind it you know get a little bit more promotion whatever whatever and then increase the death row catalog kind of thing and then snoop can sign other people from the west coast you know that he thinks you know young up-and-comers i think it's a good look just overall 
Shout out to Big Snoop Dogg, Uncle Snoop. Well, I'm going to just say that I want to see what he. I'm, I'm going to hold judgment based on. I want to see what he like. Uh, like um, Reaper was saying, I want to see what he's going to do with it. So I'm going to give him this year, 2022, see what moves he makes. I'm pretty sure he did not go into this without some sort of plan. So let's just see what moves he makes. Uh, Kev, anchor this one for us. I don't. I, I, I mean, to expand on this, I want to say that um, post, I guess, death row or whatever you want to say. And at this stage of Snoop's career, I think that he's made two big boss moves in the past past calendar year, to be honest with you. He was already, you know, he got the executive position at Def Jam. And then right after that, he released the album. And then now he has this Def Row move. And then he released the album. And it's like, you know, whatever he's doing behind the scenes now, you know, he got his life together. He put his kids in positions to win. And he's winning right now. You know what I'm saying? He's he's quietly creating you know, all this wealth behind the scenes, you know, you know, you know, everybody talks about 50 and what he's doing with the TV shows and stuff, but we can't overlook what Snoop has just done. in like the past calendar year, like the Def Jam move was huge. I mean, he, he get the Def Jam position. He signs Benny, he puts out an album. Um, he, he signed a couple of artists, other, you know, like, like Reaper was saying, like indie artists, the Def Jam, and you know they're gonna they're gonna do that thing. Um, now he has Death Row. So what does he do with Death Row? You know, I mean, I guess my I mean the first thing like when you were saying like the last album was Corrupt's album on Death Row, I thought the last album was Crooked Eye, but I don't know. Is even you know who's even you know what happened to those artists that were at the end of Death Row? Are they still under Death Row's contract? Are they under that parent company? Did their contracts move over? Or is he starting over? I would love to see Crooked Eye back on Death Row, but I, I don't know. You know, I like the Def Jam moves he's done, but now, you know, Death Row is kind of going to be his. I have to assume that he's going to be, he's going to make better moves with something that's his as opposed to a job someone gave him. So, um, you know, big ups to him, man. I, you know, and, and I think it's a, uh, it's a huge, Huge accomplishment to even, you know, getting this label that he started on. And then you like you throw in the masters, and that's even, you know, that that's some that generates money right there. Just masters alone. So he don't even have to sign anybody. I mean, just the masters will make him a profit. So um, you know, congratulations again to him. And and let's just see where he's at in a couple months because I think he has a huge opportunity to, you know, really uh, build up the West again, and that's to see where it goes. Yeah, I think it's I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, this year is thirty years of the Chronic, uh, twenty twenty two, and he owns the Masters to the Chronic now. So there you go. Well, I would hope that him owning the Chronic, he will uh, slide. Even though I know Dre doesn't need it, but that he would slide him some royalties from that because Dre complained uh, pretty aggressively about the fact that, uh, that, um, oh man, what's his name? <laughs> Why is his name escaping me? Suge Knight. Suge Knight, thank you. That Suge Knight did not uh, pay him as he uh, was as left the label. So let's uh, keep our fingers crossed for that. All right, gentlemen, I appreciate you. 
Uh, great conversation. Just want to let the fans know we really appreciate you all for listening and uh, downloading our little podcast. We thank you very much. Please tell a friend to tell a friend. And you can follow us on social media at uh, Twitter at Mix Era Rap. Again, that's Mix Era Rap on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow us at Mix Era Rap Pod. Again, that's Mix Era Rap P-O-D. And we're very active on both platforms. So check us out. All right, Reaper, tell them where they can follow you on social media. All social media at The313Kid, T-H-E, 313-K-I-D. That's Twitter, Instagram, WeChat if you're on that Asia thing, Mixcloud if you like DJ mixes. All right, that's what's up. We'll see you guys next week. We out of here. Peace. <laughs>